Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Hey wife, did you know that Anchor is sponsoring our show? Really? Don't we use Anchor to distribute our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts? Yeah, and we are on just about every other platform available as well, thanks to them. Why do we use Anchor as our podcasting service? Well, they make editing and distributing our show a breeze. What if one of our listeners wants to start their own podcast? Then they should head over to anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Awesome! You guys should go do that right now! Husband! Wife! Do you remember what happened? 
Uh, so you mean the last episode yeah. on, on Friday, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so I think David kicked some Amalekite ass. Well, but before that, um, um, what's his name? Saul had sent him home. Right. And then they came back and their town was burned and their wives were taken. And they were like, WTF, motherfucker. Right, right. Um, yeah. And so, then they asked then God. They, the, well, no, not they. He. David. Asked God, should I go after him? And God was like, absolutely. Have you ever noticed, though, whenever, um, they, you know, when, whenever Bible people go fight somebody else, mm-hmm. They never talk about how many people died on their side. Right. Like, you know that they couldn't just possibly, like, kill them all and nobody died on their side. Right. That's not how that works. Right. And and so, why? Why do they never talk about who died on their side? Because that wouldn't make you excited. I guess. You're, I guess. This is... I'm not really excited as it is. I'm, I'm like, this is dumb. This you is guys fight too much. supposed to make you see how awesome God is. But he's not. No. Oh, I know. And, and I know. really, the Bible shows me exactly the opposite of that. Right. So, and that didn't work out very well for them. So God said, "Yes, go after right, him. You're yeah. going to get everything back." And then David took six his six hundred guys. Yeah. But then two hundred were like, "Tired across the brook." Right. Right. But then they turned it into just kidding. They were staying behind to guard the equipment. They weren't yeah. too tired. No, they they were definitely too tired. That's what they said. That's what they said. So and then David and his four hundred, and his men actually wanted to like ridicule them and not let them have stuff because they did stay behind because they were too tired. And then David was like, "Nah, man, they're good." Right, but then they found this random Egyptian. Yeah, and the Egyptian was like, "My master left me behind." And David was like, "If we feed you and don't kill you, will you take us to him?" And then that's how they found where they were, and they went there and they got all their shit back. I still don't understand how thousands of people in the desert is too is. Is hard to find. Right. Like, it just doesn't seem like it's that big of a task, you know? It doesn't. Like, follow the shit. Like you said the last time, they're going to discard some crap. Follow it. Yes. Yes. I agree. But I am not a person that lives in these circumstances, so I don't know. Right. I'm I'm just speaking out of my ass saying, surely it can't be that difficult. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, they found them with the help of the starving Egyptian. Awesome. Got all their shit back. And then killed them all. And killed them all. And that's when, like you said, the guys were like, we're not sharing. And David was like, fuck you. Yes, we are. And then they shared their shit with their their shit. They shared their shit mm-hmm. with all of Israel. Yeah. I'm like, wait, that that was mine. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to give that to, to Joe, man. Maybe like, they meant I? that not only did they get their own shit back, but also since they wiped out that tribe, they took all their stuff That too. could be. That could be. And so they shared the plunder, not... That the could stuff be. just that they got back. You're probably right. You're probably I'm right. going to go with that because there's no way these guys were like, yeah, sure. I mean, that used to be mine, but I absolutely want to just give, give it, it away. Yeah. Right. Give it away now. <laughs> so, All right. So that was 1 Samuel chapter 30. 30. And today we are doing 1 Samuel chapter 31, the final chapter of the book of 1 Samuel. Oh, right. Well, which let's... is just funny to me because Samuel's been dead for ages now. I know. It seems like it, right? And there's a whole other book in his name. He'll probably come back to life or some bullshit. He already I mean, did he once. He did. He did. Yeah, the right? Witch of Endor raised him. Yeah, I know. I know. It was amazing. Yep. All right. Let's go get into this chapter, okay? All right. Okay, 1 Samuel, chapter 31. Okay. We have reached the end. Thank the end. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for, like, how are you going to end that sentence? (laughs) 
the death of Saul and his sons, you know? Oh, okay. As foretold, right? Yeah, I mean, I think at least at one of those stories that they told. The Witch of Endor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When they raised Samuel, That's Samuel's right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to die. Okay, all right. Yeah. Now the Philistines attacked Israel, and the men of Israel fled before them. Many were slaughtered on the slopes of Mount Gilboa. Yeah. The Philistines closed in on Saul and his sons. Oh, no. And they killed three of his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Melchishua. Isn't that all of his sons? I don't know. Okay. I don't remember Maybe how not. many he had, but Maybe I am not. sad about Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan was a good yeah, guy. And he was friends with uh, Sam, or no. David. David, yeah, that yeah. guy. They were lovers. Something like that, yeah. I think they were lovers. Okay. The fighting grew very fierce around Saul. Fierce. And the Philistine archers caught up with him and wounded him severely. Oh, no. Saul groaned to his armor bearer. Take your sword and kill me before these pagan Philistines come to run me through and taunt me and torture me. <laughs> kill me. Yeah. What are you, a fucking Klingon? Your well, honor is so great? No, 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 no. I mean, I can, I can imagine, like, back then, you, you're going to die horribly if you don't just, that like, get it true. over with, so... That is true. You know? It's like it's like in um, the Hunger Games when um, the dogs at the end were were getting that one bad guy, Kato, right. and so um, she fired her arrow down to put him out of his misery. Well, yeah, it's a death, it's a mercy killing. Exactly. All right. Exactly. But his armor bearer was afraid and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. Oh damn! Motherfucker killed himself. Yeah. If you knew torture was coming, would you kill yourself? Ooh, that's, a I, that's tough. That is I, tough because you always assume, you as a person I know, always I'm very assume. very arrogant. So. You're like, I can get out of this. Right, yeah. I don't think I would. Even in the middle of torture, you would be like, I'm still not going to kill myself because I know I can get out of this. Right, right. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> when his armor bearer realized that Saul was dead, he fell on his own sword and died beside the king. Oh, damn. Wow. Yikes. No, no. I mean, I think I'd just run away, personally. I would have That's run away. That's just my theory. That's my take on it. If I was Saul or the armor right? bearer, I'd like, be like, let's fuck. out. Well, Saul was injured, so he might have been mm. too wounded to run away. But his armor bearer didn't say he was wounded. So, right. like, if I'm his armor bearer, I'm, like, dropping the armor, running that way. If you were Saul, wouldn't you, you have even told him, save yourself? Yeah, I mean, right? Fly, you fool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Saul, his three sons, his armor bearer, and his troops all died together that same day. Oh, man. Womp, womp. When the Israelites on the other side of the Jezreel Valley beyond the Jordan saw that the Israelite army had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead... They abandoned their towns and fled. Oh, man. Yeah, dead they're and like, fled. Fled and dead. <laughs> saw and Saul. Yeah. <laughs> they saw Saul dead in bed and right. fled. Yeah. So the Philistines moved in and occupied their towns. Oh, they're going to get it from David, though. You, you think? David's not going to have it. We're at the end of the book. I know. Is this, oh, this is what the next book's all about, huh? I don't know. Even though Samuel's dead, it's still going to be Samuel chapter. Because i got to be like, we're still continuing the story, so it's still Samuel. I wonder. That's one of my questions. Why is a book about a guy who is dead? Why do they got to make it second Samuel? Why don't they just keep it first Samuel? Why don't they call why don't it they David? Just, why don't they just call it Samuel? Or call it, yeah, why don't they just change it to David? Right? It's not a whole other fucking book. Right. Yeah, I don't get it. The next day, when the Philip, I almost said Philippines. I apologize. <laughs> that is not correct. When the Philistines went out to strip the dead, they found the bodies of Saul and his three sons on Mount Gilboa. So they cut off Saul's head. Oh, damn. And stripped off his armor. But who cares? He's dead. 
do these do you think these guys like I mean how do they know who's who like do they they have meetings like hey we're gonna kill you later man they photocopied pictures and put posters up (laughs) okay (laughs) then they proclaimed the good news of Saul's death in their pagan temple and to the people throughout the land of Philistia they hmm? what oh I was just gonna I was gonna say don't don't you think you could just Cut off any random dude's head and be like, we killed Saul. We killed Saul. Saul is dead. I mean, nobody would it's question true. you, right? They'd it's be true. like, okay, great. That's I awesome. mean, I don't know because the Witch of Endor knew what Samuel looked like. And Whatever. She, once she realized who Saul was, she recognized him. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. They placed his armor in the temple of the Ashtaroth. Uh, 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 what? Ashtaroths. <laughs> okay. I was trying to say Ashtaroth, ah, but that's not right. right. It's Ashtaroth. Okay. And they fastened his body to the wall of the city of Bethshan. Damn. They are ugly. Right? But when the people of Jabesh Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their mighty warriors traveled through the night to Bethshan and took the bodies of Saul and his sons down from the wall. Just walked right in and they, just did that. They huh? took. They saw Saul was on the wall and they took Saul <laughs> down from the wall. And then they hauled him back. <laughs> <laughs> nice. They brought him to they brought them to Jabesh where they burned the bodies. Then they took their bones and buried them beneath the tamarisk tree at Jabesh, and they fasted for seven days. The end. Oh, okay. Fasted. Okay. What did they mourn? They, it okay, was their okay, mourning. Yeah, 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 all right. You know. Okay. They were sad, so sure. they did the the grieving of their king. I still want to know how you just walk into the fucking town. And just take the fucking body on the head, or whatever. I mean, if you were that good, why couldn't you have defended your shit better? Right? It's, that's crazy. I have no idea. Whatever. I guess we'll find we'll out. We'll find out in Second Samuel, huh? Second Samuel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was a rather anticlimactic end to that book, since it really we're kind was. of still in the middle of the story. I just, I don't understand why, A, either they're breaking up to a second book, or B, why they keep it the same basic name. Like, yeah. it makes no sense, so. I don't get it. I guess we'll have it all... <laughs> clarified in, in the next one question mark <laughs> yeah kind of doubt it but hey whatever wishful thinking right right so that was first samuel chapter 31 yep it was a really short chapter it really was but uh tomorrow i think we're going to be doing our um wrap up of first samuel and obviously mm-hmm. we'll you know if there's anything we need to cover from this one yep. there wasn't much there so right but we're going to cover the wrap up of the book yes and then i think we're going to be doing some other shit throughout the week because we like to start our uh, <laughs> books on um, the beginning of weeks. Yeah. So, so we got some special episodes and crap that we're going to be doing. Yeah, I think we're going to um, do a book club that we talked about. Oh, yeah, about. yeah, the one. I yeah. was supposed to have that ready for this past weekend, but that right. just didn't, it wasn't in the cards, man. Right. right. So, but yep. we're, we've got that episode ready for this week. Yeah, so. definitely. All right, cool. Well, let's uh, get on out of here and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Okie dokie. All right. Bye. Bye. Husband. Wife. Um, it's the end of First Samuel. It sure is. And we're going to do a, what's it called? Uh, I think it's called a wrap-up. Oh, yeah. Or a summary or whatever. Whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. End of the book. And a pop quiz. And a pop quiz. Are you ready for this? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Okay. All right, let's go do this. Okay. All right, so I'm going to tell you some things about 1 Samuel. Okay. The book of. The book of. Yes. Got it. 
It is the story of Israel's transition from a theocracy to a monarchy. Ah. That's like, why they're so preoccupied with kings and shit. Right. Because remember, they used to have judges, right? Right, right. And then the people were like, we want a king. We want a king. <laughs> right. And so it's their transition from one to the other. Yeah. And that's why it's real choppy and weird and not good. Got it. Hey? Yeah. Samuel, the book, the uh, guy. Yeah. The he, legend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he represents the old rule of the judges. Okay. Hey? Yeah. Saul represents Israel's failed attempt at monarchy. Ah, yeah. Because he's a bad Yeah. Okay. And then David, who's supposed to be awesome and we're supposed to love him even though we think he's kind of a dick. Right. He represents God's ideal king. I see. I see. Even though we should keep in mind that um, God and Samuel were both like... Well, we'll let you have a king, but we're not fucking happy about it. Yeah. Remember, God told Samuel, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. Right, right. So So, he shouldn't be happy that there's any kings. Right. At all. Exactly. So, but whatever. Let people go on to people. God's going to, you know, be fickle. Right. Yeah. So that is a large general overview. But now I wanted to kind of do a remember what all happened sure because i kind of forgot until i did this summary okay all right so remember the the book starts out and and we had just come out of um well the book of ruth but pretending that that doesn't exist sure we had just come out of a time of judges right 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 and the priesthood in israel was in a state of decline okay remember because there were like there was like bad and good and but mostly bad judges right right And Israel's chief priest at the time was Eli. Okay. And then Eli's sons were disobeying God's laws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right? Do you remember all this kind of? Yeah. Yeah. Well, until I do a summary, it's hard to remember what fell in which book. Right. So. And there's lots of names in this book. I mean, they're like in the Bible in general. So, like, names with me with the Bible are like. So bad. um, Who's that again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, this, this really helped me, I think. Right. Remember what all happened and who was a key player. Right. So, remember, Eli's like, my sons are awesome. And the people and God are like, mm, not so much, my guy. <laughs> right, yeah. And so de- God declared that he's going to choose a new priest from Israel from outside Eli's family. Yeah, and it was the chick that uh, begged to have the kid and then she dropped him on the... the Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. So um, God began delivering messages to Samuel, Israel's next judge. Right. Okay. okay. Now Samuel was born to Hannah, as we just said. Mm-hmm who was a previously barren woman and because she begged God, please let me have a baby. When she finally did, it was Samuel and she gave him to the church, to Eli. Right. To be right. raised as a Nazarite. Yeah. And then she was able to have children after that. Right. Because she, you know, did her promise. Yeah. Yeah. So then Samuel came to be recognized as a prophet throughout Israel. Okay. And um, the Philistine... Guys, they killed Eli's sons, and they captured the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, that's that? right. Yeah, and then the the plague with the mm-hmm. boils and the rats and whatever. Yeah. So when they captured it, though, Eli fell over dead. Right. I remember that. That was kind of funny, That was actually. kind of the funny. Way they, the way they just, like... He just fell over yeah, dead. Yeah, he just the fell end. over dead. Yeah. And, yeah, so there was all that boils and rats and whatever. Right. 
And so then the Ark got returned. Oh, and remember, he knocked over um, the Ark, supposedly knocked over their um, precious idol. Right, right. And also they sent it back on a wandering cow. Yeah, yeah. So so they sent it back to Philistine and after it, or yeah, they sent I'm it back sorry, to, yeah. they sent it back to Israel. The Philistines became very sick and all that. And so then they sent it back on a wandering cow. Right. And... So then the Israelites demanded that Samuel appoint a king. Right. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. They were like, give us a king. Give us a king. And so then God told Samuel who should be the king. And the following day, a man named Saul appeared and he was inquiring about some lost donkeys. I remember we thought he was all right at first. Mm-hmm. I thought he was, you know, yeah. he's seemed just a okay. farmer guy. Yeah. Kind of like David, just a farmer guy. Right. 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 Yep. And then um, King Saul even though, like, okay, so he became king, right? Right. And then, even though he was doing a lot of good things in battle, soon he started disobeying God. Like, remember, um, he was told, um, when you do these battle things, um, like, defeat all of the people and burn everything. Right, but he, he was kept saving some, some of the plunder and, like, right. not following that exactly. So. Right, he was... He's a, that that whole thing is supposed to represent um, the fact that he was choosing his earthly um, desires to do his religious things like what he was used to as a normal man right. above his godly kingly duties. Right. What so, it what it brought to my attention was more along the lines of why the fuck aren't they dying? They're not obeying God. Yeah. Like. That would have happened in earlier chapters, in earlier books. So, like, it's so weird. Yep. Yep. I'll probably be saying that to the end of the Old Testament because I'm like, there's there's multiple different types of gods. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So, God led Samuel to the town of Bethlehem to choose a new king, since you know Saul wasn't right doing good. And then Samuel anointed Jesse's youngest son David a shepherd as king. Right, only, only, <laughs> only that glosses over the fact that there was the two different timelines as to yeah what was happening. Yeah, yeah, that would that that's that that got the first Samuel book off on a really bad track because mm-hmm. like what yeah what is going on because it was two different stories combined right, like, into one at least two different stories right. So God withdrew His power from Saul. And he cursed Saul with psychological distress in the form of an evil spirit. Right. Didn't he go, like, loony? He went and, loony. like, he kind of was, yeah. like, ranting and raving. And then David soothed him with his harp. But not right. really. But, yes, he did. But that had already happened. But what? Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. everything was out of order. Right. So the Philistines again threatened to attack Israel. But right. this time they brought their, their fun Goliath with them. Right. And this is where we get into a famous story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David killed him, killed the Goliath, which is just a nine foot tall guy. Right. So super tall. He killed him with a single stone shot from his sling. Uh, not necessarily killed him. Knocked him the fuck out. Yes. And then took his head off and with a goddamn sword. And then took his head off with a sword. With, with the Goliath's own sword. Was it with Goliath's own sword? Mm-hmm. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Because um, the whole cool thing about David is that, um, not cool to me, but like what they consider cool, is right. that he had said, no, I don't need any weapons. I don't need any armor. Right. And I just have my faith in God. 
Right. So he went in. That's why him and his slingshot took him down, and then he used Goliath's own sword. Got it. To chop off his head. Okay. All right. So yep. that immediately made the people very happy and sing his praises. Right. And so Saul became insanely jealous of David. Right. And yes. Yes. And that, that that's is... the rest of the book, basically, is, <laughs> right. is Saul. Spear throwing and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and chasing. Mm-hmm. Saul's son, Jonathan, became David's quote-unquote intimate friend. Right. Which I think they were lovers, but whatever. Whatever. Saul attempted to kill David with a spear. Multiple times. Right. And, and he, his son. he called his son a stupid son of a whore. Right. Which was my favorite part. Yeah. And then Saul sent David on a suicide mission to kill 100 Philistines. Yeah. And David brought back 200 foreskins, so Saul begrudgingly rewarded David with his daughter Michael's hand in marriage. Right. And then Michael and Jonathan helped David flee from Saul. Right. And then David built an army, and he was joined by a priest. Yep. And then Saul pursued David into the desert, and David spared the king's life twice. Yeah. Do you remember those two times? Well, the first time he was taking a piss in a cave. And he chopped off the hem of his robe. Right. And then the second time... They were sleeping in a camp, and it was night, and they snuck up on him with his somebody else that he was with, mm-hmm. and they, they snuck right past all the all the sleeping people in a circle. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they have no guards well, guarding their fucking king. It did mention briefly that God put the whole camp to sleep. Okay, whatever. So that Saul and his guy could Fine. sneak into David's camp. Okay. Or, no, backwards, sorry. David and his guy could sneak into Saul's camp. Right, and, and then they snuck in and, like, stole his water and... His spear. Yeah, that. The water bottle that was by his head as well as his spear. Right. And both times, David was like, I could have killed you, but I didn't. I find it interesting the things that God gets involved with Mm -hmm. and the things that he doesn't get involved with. Right. Like, he helps them put people to sleep so they can steal a water bottle and a spear. Right. But, I mean, mean, what? Yeah. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. It makes no goddamn sense. Right. So both times David was like, could have killed you, but I didn't. Yeah. And both times Saul expressed remorse and begged for David's mercy. Yeah, but obviously didn't mean it very well because, mm, you know, he's like, now I'm going to try to kill you again. Like, yeah. every fucking time. So it's pointed out that David, after the second time, um, was told by God that you're going to be fine. Right. But he did not. This is like the beginning of David's going, demise. Yeah. He did not trust God's word. He trusted experience and history and was like, I don't think that Saul is going to stop trying to kill me. Right, right. So he took refuge with the Philistines. Sure. And the first time that he did that, remember, he acted cuckoo because the guy, um, Akish, right. he knew was going to recognize him yep. or did recognize him. Right. So Akish let him go. But then he came back again and it was either... The Akish or his son or somebody. somebody didn't recognize him and was like, thought he was all that in a bag of chips. Right. And let David stick around. But they did know he was an Israelite though, right? They knew Cause... he was an Israelite, but they they thought that he was betraying the Israelites. So right. Akish was like, that is so fucking awesome. He's going to do great for us because, you know, he is actually from an Israelite, so God is going to be on our side. Right. And the men are going to be behind us because we've got an Israelite with us. Not only an Israelite, but David. Yeah. So 
that was cool. Right. And David kept killing um, Philistines, but telling <laughs> them, "JK, I'm I'm really killing um, Israelites." Right. And Akish believed him, but Akish's guys did not. Right. So Saul was like, "This cannot stand with these Philistines and." David over there and all that. So he consulted the Witch of Endor. Which is the best name ever. I know. That needs to be a story. It needs to be a movie. Definitely. Like, I need to see this happen. Right. And he bade the spirit medium to conjure up Samuel's ghost. Yep. And Samuel's ghost was like, you gonna die. And (laughs) your kids are gonna die. ended up being... Yep. Correct. And that is exactly what happened. And they died fighting the Philistines. Since it was correct, I guess that makes the the Witch of Endor a prophet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because if it's correct, then you are in God's favor. Except that she did not say those words. Samuel did. She merely conjured conjured him up. Fair enough. And that's how the Bible was mean to her and did not include her as a prophet. But they really should have. Got it. Yeah. So, um, at the end of that, um, the Philistines are... Winning and Saul is like, oh shit. And he's like, kill me so that they don't get me. And his arms bear was like, not so much. I'm not going to kill you. Right. So then Saul fell on his own sword. And then his arms bear fell on his own sword. And all his kids had died. And that's the end of First Samuel. Okay. All okay. right. Yeah. So now that we are caught up on all that, are you ready for a 20 question pop? I am ready. Let's give this a shot. See how shitty I can do this time. (laughs) Who taunted Hannah about her inability to have children? Multiple choice. Taunted Hannah. This is Saul's mom. Okay. All right. Leah, Penina, Naomi, or Rachel? Uh, Gonna go with Naomi? I honestly don't remember. I don't either. Is that really from this book yes okay yes it's at the very beginning she couldn't have children okay, that's okay. why oh yeah, 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 yeah and then yeah. she gave Saul yeah, when yeah, she finally yeah. got pregnant okay, she gave right. Saul to Eli sorry I just it's yeah it seems like forever ago I know and it's only 31 chapters right okay this is one where we don't get the answers till after we submit them hey that's fine okay just letting you know okay what was Eli's job multiple choice priest counselor baker blacksmith Eli Eli um Wow. She literally gave her son to... Oh, he was a priest. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Wow, I'm I'm okay, you're, really. You're not awake. No, I, I'm tired. I'm I know. Tired. You're not all here. No. Wake the fuck up. I'm, yeah, well, yeah. Okay, number three. Multiple uh-huh. choice. Okay. How did Eli die? He was shot by an arrow. He was poisoned. He died in his sleep. He fell off his chair. <laughs> fell off his chair. He sure as fuck did. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of the I book. I know. <laughs> Number four, multiple choice. Yeah. In the house of which god did the Philistines place the Ark of the Covenant? Dagon, Ashtaroth, Molech, or Beelzebub? I think it was the first. What was the first one? Dagon. I think it was Dagon. I'm pretty sure it was Dagon. Number five, multiple choice. Yep. In which city was the Ark of the Covenant given back to the Levites? Okay. Kariath Jerem, Beth Shemesh. Timnath or Mizpah? Hmm. Um, what was the second one again? Beth Shemesh. What was the first one? Okay. Kariath Jerem, Beth Shemesh. I'm going to go with Beth Shemesh. Okay. 
At least I, that's my... I want to say Timnath, but oh, I don't remember okay. any of them. All right. I could be wrong. Number six. How was the Ark returned? Multiple choice. I know this one. Okay, what was it? Cow. Yeah. It was sent down the river in a boat. No. The Philistines carried it by hand. No. Nope. No. It was carried on a cart pulled by cows. Yep. That one. Or it was strapped to a chariot and pushed down a hill. <laughs> nope. It could have been, though. Right. Number seven. What did the people demand from Samuel? Lower taxes, a king, more psalms to be written, or a better army? A king. A king. Number eight. Which tribe was Saul from? Judah, Benjamin, Dan, or Simon? Pretty sure it was Benjamin. I think you're right. But it might have been Judah. No, it's Benjamin. Okay. Number nine. Which animals did Saul's father tell him to search for? You know this one. Uh, probably. Go, but le- le- read them off. You don't know it? I'm not like hardcore know it, no. So you don't know it? And I thought I can just read them off. Just read them off. Donkeys, pigs, sheep, or horses? Donkeys, pigs, sheep. You don't horses. know it? Is I read it, it in the summary. Is it sheep? No, it's donkeys. Donkeys. Okay. I'm almost positive it's donkeys. Okay, we'll go with donkeys then. Yeah, stupid. I Sorry. Number 10. Who besieged Jabeth Gilead during the reign of Saul? The Ammonites, the Hittites, the Moabites, or the Edomites? And you know what? I have no fucking idea because they are all the same to me. <laughs> no, yeah, right? Um, well, say those again. What Am- the Ammonites, Hittites, Moabites, Edomites. I'm going to go with the Ammonites. Sounds good. Number 11. What did Jonathan eat despite Saul telling his troops that they were not to eat it until they were victorious? Wasn't it honey? Uh-huh. Honeycomb. The choices are milk, lamb, honeycomb, and bread. Okay. Yeah. Honeycomb. Honey. Yep. Number 12. Who killed Agag? Samuel, David, Saul, or Jonathan? Agag. I don't even remember who Agag is. I mean, is. I remember the name, but I can't remember what he did. So, who were the choices again, though? Samuel, David, Saul, or Jonathan? I'm going to go with Saul. Okay. Because if I don't remember it, it must have been earlier, right? So, that's, sure. that's my thinking here. Sure. Okay. I would have gone with Jonathan just because but, he's but the why? odd he one was out. Like, yeah, no, no. I don't know. Number 13. What job did David first do for Saul? Harp? Yeah. Here's your choices. Yeah. Gardener, chef. Shepherd, musician. Ah, yeah, musician. Yep. Number 14. How many shekels of brass did Goliath's coat of armor weigh? 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000. Let's go with 5,000. Sounds great. I don't fucking care. I don't know. Yeah. Number 15. Complete this quote. Multiple choice. Okay. Saul has killed his thousands, but David his... Tens thousands. Yep. Your choices were tens of thousands, millions, hundreds of thousands, hundreds. Got it. But no, I'm pretty sure it was tens of thousands. I know it's tens of thousands. Number 16. What did Michael place in David's bed to trick Saul's messengers into believing that David was ill? An idol. No. No? To trick the guys into thinking that he was ill. Okay, what are the choices? Uh, Oh, you were right, probably. I know. <laughs> a pig, an idol, feathers, or sacks of potatoes. Yeah, idol. An idol, yeah. You're what, right. What, where was your brain at? I don't know. I'm tired, too. Shut okay. up. Okay, all right. Number 17. What did David do when he visited King Akish in Gath? Uh, yeah, I, 
go ahead and read the choices. Oh, I thought you would know this. Um, he pretended to be insane. He gave oh. the king a gift. He offered him his friendship, or he killed the king. Yeah, he pretended to be insane. The way. Number eighteen. Where did David cut off the corner of Saul's cloak? In a cave. In a cave, in a forest, by a river, or under a tamarisk tree. But cave. In a cave, yeah. Number 19. Which of the following did Saul not turn to for advice towards the end of his life? God. <laughs> I don't know. What are the choices? Dreams, prophet of Baal, a witch or medium, and a Urim. A Urim? What the fuck's a Urim? The Urim and the Thummim. Oh, that's right. Uh, say those again, then. Which of the following did Saul not turn to for advice towards the end of his life? Okay, and what are the choices? Dreams, which, yeah, he did. Remember, he was like, I've done my dreams, and I've done my lots, and I've okay. done um, prophets of, I don't know, it's dreams, prophets of Baal, a witch or medium, and Urim. Prophets of Baal? I think that would be it. Yeah. Yeah, because he did all the other things. Right. Okay, number 20. Where was Saul's final battle? Mount Moriah, Mount Hermon, Mount Olives, Mount Gilboa. I'm going to go with the last one, Mount Gil that's Gilboa. That's the one I would have. But I honestly don't know exactly. I don't know either. So. Okay. How do we do? Hold on. i got to put in a name before I'm allowed to submit this. Oh, man. Always I with know. the names. I, I mean, know, right? What the fuck? Okay. Oh, we got number one wrong. Damn it. Who taunted Hannah about her inability to have children? It was not Naomi. It was not Naomi. Naomi was in the book of Ruth. Yeah. Yeah. I suck. I let you have it, though. Yeah, I know. It I was Peninnah. Peninnah. Okay. Okay, number two, what was Eli's job? We got that right. It was priest. Okay. Number three, how did Eli die? We got that one right. He fell off his chair. That's easy. I know. Number four, in the house of which God did the Philistines place the Ark of the Covenant? We got that one right. It was Dagon. Nice. Number five, in which city was the Ark of the Covenant given back to the Levites? We got it right. It was oh, Beth Shemesh. Awesome. Good on you. All right. Number six, how was the Ark returned? Of course, we got that one right. right. It was carried on a cart so pulled easy. by cows. It's funny. They're either like totally easy or ridiculously hard. Right. Number seven, we got this one right. What did the people demand from Samuel? A king. That one was easy, too. Yeah. Number eight, we got this one right. Hmm. Which tribe was Saul from? Benjamin. That's all me. That was all you. Number nine, we got this one right. Which animals did Saul's father tell him to search for? Donkeys. That was all you. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't remember that one. Yeah, well. That one was easy in my, in my mind. Yeah. Number ten, we got it right. Who besieged Jabesh Gilead during the reign of Saul? We guessed the Ammonites, yeah. and we got it right. Well, I mean, it was a. I thought I had remembered them fighting them at one point, so that's why I was they have fought that. all of these guys at one point. Right, right. right I but... I could have gone with any of them, sure. and still wouldn't care. Right. Number eleven, we got right. What did Jonathan eat despite Saul telling his troops that they were not to eat it until they were victorious? Honeycomb that was easy too. But you know what? The way they phrase that question, "What did Jonathan eat despite them being told not to?" Right. That's they not fair. They leave a little bit out there because you know it, he, he wasn't told there for not the fucking, to. Yeah. That's I hate the way that question is phrased. He mention, didn't disobey anybody. It was also a ridiculous rule in the first place. Yeah. Don't eat no honey. Like why? Right. That's stupid. Like it would make sense today because. If we were told, hey, nobody eat honey because we're trying to help the pollinators survive, like, there's something to be said about why right. today. Back then, it was just so fucking, don't 
step on a crack or you'll break your mother's back for no reason. Right, right. And suddenly it's true. What? Yep. Okay, we got number 12 wrong. Oh, no. Who killed Agag? It wasn't Samuel. It I didn't was, say Samuel. Did oh, I? I'm sorry. It wasn't Saul. It okay. was Samuel. Oh. Sorry. Okay. I get them mixed up. We guessed Saul, but it was actually Samuel. Okay. Number 13, we got right. What job did David first do for Saul? That Musician. was Yeah. Number 14, how many shekels of brass did Goliath's coat of armor weigh? You got it right. It was 5,000. I just picked the highest one because I'm like giant. Yeah, okay, why whatever. not? Number 15, we got right. Complete the quote. Saul has killed his thousands, but David his... I mean, tens of thousands, it's a famous Duh. quote. Duh. It's a famous Jeez. quote. We all know it. Come on now. I mean, is even Saul a prophet now? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Number 16, we got it right. What did Michael place in David's bed to trick Saul's messengers into believing David was ill? What was it? An idol. An idol. I apologize. That's right. I bow to your superiority on that one. Number 17, what did David do when he he visited King Akish and Gath? He pretended to be Looney Tunes. Did we get it right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Number 18, we got this one right. Where did David cut off the corner of Saul's cloak? That was easy. In a cave. Right. Number 19, we got it right. Which of the following did Saul not turn to for advice towards the end of his life? It was the prophets of Baal. Okay. And number 20, we got right. Where was Saul's final battle? Mount Gilboa. All right. We scored 18 out of 20 for a 90 fucking percent. Hell yeah, we did good. We kicked that Bible's ass. That's the best quiz we've done so far i think no right like i don't uh, we usually miss a bunch we do we're like we oh, suck at thank this. god we passed yeah because you know we didn't know shit Yep. but this time we knew it we got an a yeah nice must be paying better attention these days well the story was a little less confusing and more followable i guess sort of i don't know maybe i was i don't yeah, know yeah whatever all right, so... Um, it was more of a story rather than random facts. Right, right. That is true. But still a bad story. Well, and yeah. More multiple same stories. Yes. Ish. Ish. So, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so that was... That's First Samuel. That's First Samuel. We kicked that book's ass and we're done with it. We sure did. And uh, tomorrow, do we know what we're doing? Tomorrow we are starting our book club. Okay. Well, tomorrow you should all join us for our first episode of our book club. We're going to start back with, um, or no, tomorrow's just the introduction. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to talk to you about Asimov's Guide to the Bible. And um, I picked up, well, I should say you picked up, husband, a hard copy of the the book. Um, it's two volumes in one because right. it was originally published as two volumes, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Right. And we're going to talk about the book, and we're going to talk about Asimov, and then we're going to read the introduction to the book. So if you want to follow along, go ahead and pick up your copy somewhere. And yeah, that's what we're going to do. Okay, sounds like fun. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Husband. Wife. I have a theme song for you. You have a theme song for me. Ready? Okay. Ba 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 ba. It's the Sacrilegious Book Club. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> nope, we're not doing that one again. No. Not a chance. I really liked it. I'm, I'm glad you liked it. That was that's, that's, uh, that's cute. Yeah. So that's what we're doing today. The book club thing? The, the sacrilegious, sacrilegious book, book club. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to talk about Isaac Asimov and the book he wrote about the Bible. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and do that now then? Yeah. All right. Let's go do this. Okay. Okay, so this is our first episode, our inaugural episode of our Sacrilegious Book Club. Okay. And we are covering Asimov's Guide to the Bible, two volumes in one, the Old and New Testaments by Isaac Asimov. Wow, and based on the size of it, it's going to take us for fucking ever. Yeah, indeed. My God. Yeah, it's it's huge. Like, when the word epic was created, they had a picture of this fucking book next to the right? word. Right, yeah. Yeah. But it is exciting because early on we didn't do a lot of, uh, you know, Q&As. We didn't do any Q&As on our uh, earlier stuff. So we're going to get to go back and kind of cover some of that stuff, I guess, through uh, Asimov. Yeah. Which will be kind of cool. It will be kind of cool. So I thought the way that we would set these book clubs up is for the intro episode. Uh I would talk a little bit about the author and then a little bit about the book itself. Okay. And then read the dust jacket cover so that you have a nice summary, let you know what its rating is on Goodreads, <laughs> so you got all that. And then um, we're going to actually go into the book just a little bit. We're going to talk about the introduction to the book. Okay. Okay? All right. So I'm trying to create this um, format that we're going to follow henceforth. Got it. Okay? Got it. Yep. So Isaac Asimov. Ready? Isaac Asimov. I love Isaac Asimov. By I the do way. too. What? Why do you love him? Because he's sci-fi. He More is sci-fi. sci-fi. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So and I love the Foundation series. So and yeah, and that's what he's most famous for. Yeah. So did you know that he was born in Russia? I did not know that. He was born in Russia somewhere around January second, nineteen twenty, and I say somewhere around because there's not a specific date for his birthday. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. But he moved to the U.S. when he was just three. Okay. And then he became a naturalized citizen at the age of eight. Got it. Got it. And then um, his mom fudged his um, his date, his birthday, so he could start um, school a year early. Oh. Yeah. He, I think that was a lot more common back then, you know? You could didn't fudge have all these things. electronic records and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So he graduated from high school when he was 15. Damn. Right? Wow. But when he found out that his his birthday was a year off. Yeah. He corrected it, which later came to kick him in the ass because when he was um, 26, I think, or 25, I can't remember, mm-hmm. um, he was still eligible for the draft. Oh. And if he hadn't corrected it, he he would not have been eligible. He would have been one year too old. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah, that sucked for him. Right. But he, he served briefly and was honorably discharged. Okay. Right. So yep. I thought that was interesting right. to know about him. Yeah, um, he is known as one of the big three sci-fi writers. Do you right. know who the other two are? Well, obviously one is Heinlein, Robert A. Heinlein, that's and, correct. Uh, who I, say- I grew up reading. I did not grow up reading Asimov so much, but I did grow up reading Heinlein. Right, and I, I can't remember his name, but the guy that wrote Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. False. I'm guessing this. No, really. No. What's his name though? Um, Jules Verne. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, no. All right. Um, Arthur C. Clarke. Oh yeah, duh. Duh. I knew that. I know you knew that. And, okay, so listen to this. He had this thing that he called the Asimovian Law of Composition. Okay. 
And that calls for writing from nine to five, seven days a week. Damn. Period the fucking end. That's craziness. Yeah. And so he either wrote or edited over 500 books. Damn. Right? Because of that. He's like, not only is this a job, but I don't ever take a day off. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And actually, um, he um, was a professor and he kind of got fired-ish because he stopped doing research because he was writing all the time. (laughs) So, like, he got tenure, but then he just stopped doing research. And, like, when you are at that level of academia, you are expected to keep researching and producing new results. Sure, sure. And he was like, I can't, I'm writing, I'm busy. Right. And so then later on, he was granted an honorary status, Uh and um, he had to do, like, so many um, speeches per year and show up at one, um, like, I don't know, class or seminar or something like that. So right. he like basically worked out a deal with them to where he would have to put in the very minimal effort. Sounds like a good deal. Right. I mean, they would have been a fool to let him go right, completely right. once they realized that they had a gem on their hands. Yeah. yeah. So um, he, as you pointed out, is best known for his foundation series. Yep. And if you have not seen that, I read, read that. It. Sorry. Yeah. Don't see it first. If you have not read it, you need to stop everything you're doing and run immediately to the library or your nearest bookstore and pick up a copy of the original trilogy. Right. Okay, I can't speak for the prequels and sequels and all the things that came after, but the original three books are fucking excellent. So excellent that they won the original trilogy, won the Hugo for Best All-Time Series. Yeah. In 1966. I don't doubt it because, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. They now, created they created that category, best overall series, just specifically for, for him. Now, I will say this. It's a really huge world that he builds. Yeah. Or universe. Universe. And, and yeah. so if you're not, if you're not one that like, like if you just like a easy story, this, this may not be for you. True. Because he is, he, he is, Wow. Um, it's rich what he builds. It's interesting that he and I, I haven't read it as much Arthur C. Clarke, but it's interesting that he and Heinlein are two of the big three. Right. Because um, Heinlein, whom I did grow up reading, as I said, um, he was much more character driven and dialogue driven, whereas Asimov is much more story and world driven. Oh, yeah, for sure. And. Neither one is better than the other. They are both excellent, but they are completely different reads. Yeah. Um, Heinlein is the one that you want to read just for quick, snappy dialogue and you right. know, relaxing read. Yeah. Read Stranger in a Strange Land or something like that if you want some Heinlein. Mm-hmm. Heinlein. Mm-hmm. But then you definitely got to read um, Foundation. Definitely. Because it's it's just what are you doing with your life if you haven't at least given the original book a try. But in the meantime, you should be reading. The Bible thing. The, what's it called? Um, Asimov's Guide to the Bible. Asimov's two, Guide to the Bible with us. Two volumes in one. The Old and New Testaments. Yeah. That's the full title. You guys should join in and do this with us. Definitely. And I'm going to get to that more in a little bit. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. So in addition to those, he's also best known for his Galactic Empire series and his Robot series. I've read some. I've read most of the Robot series, I think. I have as well, and I've read most of the Empire series. I don't know that I've read the Empire series yet. He but. he um, later wrote some novels that kind of tied them all into the same universe, Got even it. though the timelines don't match up. Sure. 
And also he admitted later that some of the science was wrong because he didn't have the information at the time. Right. Which he gained later. Yeah. And, I mean, I could say so much about this guy that I, I totally glossed over the fact that a lot of the language th- that we use in science today, he coined several terms. Well, there's people that would maybe have never heard of Asimov, but they've heard of the three laws of robotics before. And he's the, and one, he's that the one that coined those. that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like... And that, the term robotics itself. Right. Yeah. No, he coined that term as well. Yeah. So, he's, uh, he's quite a... Um, he was influential way, character, way so. ahead of his time in many ways, and and for the atheist community and humanist community, secular community, he's very huge in that too. Yep. So, yep. I mean, it's he's he's had a lot his hand on a lot of pies, a lot of pies. Yeah, yeah. So he was president of the American Humanist Society from 1985 until his death in 1992. That I did know. And. Do you know who succeeded him in leadership of oh, that? Oh, I did at one point. Um, oh, you're going to kick yourself. I know I am. I know I am because I did know. It's your definitely... favorite. Oh. It's your favorite. Okay, Come t- on. Just tell me. Okay, so his good friend Kurt Vonnegut. Really? Yes. I kind of, I think I, I did know that, I think, yeah. I don't see how you couldn't, and I'm really shocked I did. that I you did. didn't pull that out. I'm, I it Well, it's, yeah. Because... Kurt Vonnegut, in case anybody doesn't know, is also need to read him. Absolute favorite, and um, you could start with Slaughterhouse Five if you're looking for more Vonnegut. Right. Yeah, um, that I mean, was... that's a great place to start. But also, I have to say, with him, um, he's weird. Yeah, he, he's almost like it's science fiction, but it's also magical realism. Right. And that does not do it justice. It's right. just weird. Really, it's really good. Great shit. Yeah. Yeah. What was the one that you had me read? It was I think before it was breakfast. No, Cat's Cradle. Cat's Cradle. Cat's that... Cradle, especially for like religious um, mm-hmm. ideologies and, and and thinking about them in a weird way, like is is a perfect perfect book. It was a really really great place for me to start with Vonnegut, and you had me read that before we got together even. Yeah. And then I was really excited because. Um, I was um, taking college classes at the time, and one of the classes required us to read Slaughterhouse Five. Of course, and I couldn't wait to call you after class and tell <laughs> you, "Hey, we have to read your favorite author." And right. so, you know, then within a year, I'd read two books by him, and oh man, I was hooked. Yep, so, no, he's a great author. Yeah, so he was a really great one to follow Asimov in leading the American Humanist Society. Okay. Yeah. He was also a co-founder and leading member of the Committee for the Skeptical Inquiry. Okay. The vice president of Mensa International. Wow. And a consultant on many Star Trek um, projects because he was friends with Gene Roddenberry. That's so cool. Right? He, like, was, I mean, he was a direct consultant on Star Trek, the motion picture. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, to be in that world where just, you know... Asimov and Gene Roddenberry right? are running around, and then and Kurt Vonnegut succeeds you buddies. in a fucking you know after your death in a humanist society. They're all like, just, it's just like out. what? Like this is crazy. So here's here's how um, Asimov and Gene Roddenberry met. Okay. Asimov um, wrote in complaining about the science in <laughs> one of the episodes, and Gene Roddenberry responded. Yeah. And was like, "You are absolutely right. However, we are very much constrained by." you know, the time limit that we have and also the audience and trying to create a drama around it. Right, right. And um, 
Asimov was properly chastised and, and wrote back, but it's still a great fucking show. <laughs> and so they became great friends after that. And Roddenberry would then consult with him on the science to get it more accurate. Sure. That's great. So, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was just wicked because we love Star Trek. Right. So what's really cool about the fact that he was um, part of the Mensa community. Yeah. Um, which is for, you know, geniuses, right? right? IQ people. Right. He wasn't really excited about it. And can hmm. you guess why? No, I, I, I Because can't. the Mensa crowd is so fucking full of themselves. <laughs> and they were, like, really, really proud of their brainiacness. And he right. wasn't for... The, like, he he didn't have time for that. Sure. Um, if you are wanting to get an idea of what I'm talking about with regard to Mensa, there's a limited series that you could listen to and i know i'm not supposed to talk about other podcasts because no other podcast exists but ours but there's a limited podcast called my year in mensa um it's like six episodes by jamie loftus highly recommend it and that will give you an idea of why asimov was not necessarily a fan i don't think that one really competes with our podcast it does so, not, you know, I'm not it does not not too worried about that it's one really good though right yeah um so, as you pointed out before, Asimov was an atheist, yep. and a humanist, yep. a rationalist, yep. a skeptic, yep. a democrat, okay. a liberal, awesome. a feminist, great, and pro-gay rights. What a guy. Yes. Having said all of that, yeah. Um, so he was well ahead of his time. Definitely. But he doesn't get full credit for all of those because a lot of that was based on his very, very, very... Um, worrisome concern over overpopulation. Ah. So he was for women's rights because he was concerned with overpopulation. And he was like, yes, please let these people have as many abortions as they want. Right. Yes. Let gays be gays. Because they're not having babies. Yeah. This is excellent. Right. So he was, he was pro these things for the wrong reasons. I wouldn't say the wrong reason, just not the rightest reasons. He was pragmatic about it. Sure. Well, and that's, I mean, you know what? Given the time, at least he mm-hmm. had the idea to at all be for these things. So Well, and, and I have more to add about his idea of feminism. He was for women's rights and women's health care. Well, when it comes to his writing, he's not very feminist-driven. No, women don't hardly at all appear in his writing, except for there's a really strong... Um, character named, um, oh, what's her name? Susan Calvin, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like one of his only strong women yep. characters, and she's fantastic. She shows up in the robotic series. Yeah, no, I remember. Um, but beyond that, even the, his writing doesn't really reflect women at all, except for that one case. Right. He was also kind of grabby and touchy. Oh, okay. So he was. Ahead of his time, but still a product of his time. Right, Like, right. I'm not trying to excuse his behavior. Yeah. But he was known to cop a feel and grab titties. Got it. And pat some ass. So not such a great guy there. Not such a great guy there. I mean, again, a product of his time. Right. It, it makes me wonder how he would be today. Like, would he be an old, stodgy man like... Bill Maher denying that times change and stuck in the past? Or would he be part of, like, the Bernie Sanders? Like, I'm old, but I still get it. Right. You know? Like, right is right, and we change, and we grow, and we learn. There's no way to know. There's no way to learn, to know, but I I do think that it is an interesting question when we're talking about him being ahead of his time and still being 
that way. Right. You know? Sure. So, I don't know. I was just, like, as I was studying this about him and, like, trying to reconcile the two different versions of feminism that he had, it, it just, I don't know, I thought it was, a, it would be an interesting story. Like, who would he be today? Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, when asked in an interview in 1982, so this is, you know, in our the, lifetime, toward yeah. the end of his life, yes, right. in, in our lifetime. I mean, I was seven years old. Dating ourselves here. Yeah. Um, when asked if he was an atheist, he replied, and I'm going to read this quote. Yeah. I am an atheist out and out. It took me a long time to say it. I've been an atheist for years and years, but somehow I felt it was intellectually unrespectable to say one was an atheist because it assumed knowledge that one didn't have. Somehow it was better to say one was a humanist or an agnostic. Right. I finally decided that I'm a creature of emotion as well as of reason. Emotionally, I'm an atheist. I don't have the evidence to prove that God doesn't exist, but I so strongly suspect he doesn't that I don't want to waste my time. I have actually used that quote on Twitter before. So. I fucking love that quote because it's exactly how I feel. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it sums it up perfectly. You obviously can't know... That there's not a God, sure. right? So that because that part of atheism—that's not a scientifically found right. Sound. Scientifically, we cannot prove that there is not a God, right? But it's so obvious that there's not that it's right beyond. It's, it's you un- have to be an you have to be an you have to believe that there's not a God. Like there's it's no reason to believe that there is a yeah, God. Yeah, it's unnecessary to even worry about it, right? Because. It's very unlikely that there is one, and if there is, well, it's going to take care of itself, isn't it? Right, yeah. I mean... (laughs) Not a lot I can fucking do about it. Exactly, exactly. And in his last volume of the autobiography, of his own autobiography, he wrote, and I'm going to read this quote. Okay. If I were not an atheist, I would believe in a God who would choose to save people on the basis of the totality of their lives and not the pattern of their words. Yes. I think he would prefer an honest and righteous atheist to a TV preacher whose every word is God, 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 and whose every deed is foul, foul, foul. Can't agree more. Right? Like, that is, uh, hot damn. Exactly. My, um, my, when, I, when I wasn't sure, when I was younger and, like, you know, fighting with myself over what religion was and stuff like this, I, 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 that's the kind of thing that was like, I don't get it. This doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. Because there's people that are quote unquote religious who are just fucking horrible. Horrible people. And the people that I, and most people that I know that are not religious are actually really great people. Who have wonderful morals. Right. I mean, to me, it comes to who you would trust your child with. Right. You know? Definitely. And I would trust my child more often than not, like sight unseen, more often than not, I would choose an atheist over a Christian. Right. That makes me sad to say, but it is true. But their basis of being is not based on the lie. Right. And and let's just be honest here. No matter how much you believe it, you are basing your belief on a lie. Right. And, okay, so you've, you've been brought up with that lie. I get it. And I can excuse it to some level, but some people don't... Some people use it as a tool to be worse than they actually mm-hmm. had to be. Yeah. And that's the part that I just can't stand. No, so. no. And... I would like to add a caveat to what I said. That's not to say that all Christians are bad, nor is it to say that all atheists are good. Because assholes come in all shades and credences. 100%. 100%. But being religious does not make you a good person. And that's that's the general consensus of people who are religious, is that you Mm -hmm. have to be religious to be a good person. And that is simply just not true. It's demonstrably untrue. Right. 
So that was my little bit about Asimov. And now I'm going to talk more about the book. Okay. Okay. So Asimov's Guide to the Bible was originally published in two volumes. Yep. Um, the first one was the Old Testament, and it was published in 1968. So that's before I was born. Yep. And the second one covered the New Testament in 1969. Okay. So still before I was born. Yep. And then they were later published in 1981, when I was six, <laughs> as a single book. Got it. And that's what we're working from. Okay. So Awesome. That's the one you guys should pick up. I was really impressed. I found this as a hard copy online for like $13. Oh, damn. I'm like, damn, that's really cool. Did you get it on Amazon? No, I got it on some... No, like if you, on Amazon it was like really expensive, and so oh. it was on eBay too. And I just looked up some other like off-handed booksellers on Google hmm. and found one, and I was like, there you go. Um, I don't know if thrift books um, would carry this, but um, they're a really great uh, small, privately owned, not um, huge box house. Yeah. So I recommend them for used and old books. Yeah. And okay. um, you can create like a wish list and they'll email you if they ever get a copy. Okay. So that's it's a awesome. Good, pl- good place to start if you're looking for yeah, something like that. Yeah, specific. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Um. This book is really interesting because not only does it contain the Hebrew Bible that, you know, we're used to reading, like, yeah. what you, everybody You telling me this the other day. This is really cool. Yeah. It also contains um, parts of the Catholic Bible yep. and some other books and parts of books that are found um, in the Greek and just... The Orthodox? Yeah. 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 Eastern Orthodox. I mean, just I don't even know all the words, okay? Sure. Yeah. But... It's like I was looking at the table of contents and I was like, hold up a second. It's not just the King James Version. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, there are a whole shit ton of things that are in this table of contents that are not in the Bible that we're reading from. Right. So this is actually going to be getting us ahead of. Right. Well, it's stuff that we want cool. We've said before, we want to cover this other stuff yeah. too. Yeah. Um, I think we were planning on doing it more towards the end of our podcast, but because mm-hmm. we're just kind of reading the Bible right now. Yeah. But, you know, there's so much more to the information that's out there for Christianity as a whole that we can't just stop with the end of the Bible that we're reading. Like, there's so much more to go into. Well, for example, um, the New Testament, um, like, we know, well, I don't know, you might not know, but most of us would know that it starts with Matthew... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I might be saying those I've, guys out of order, yeah, but it's those sure. four guys talking about the story of Jesus. Right. Um, apparently, the Catholic Bible or whichever Bible he's quoting from, there's yeah. like four books before that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Maccabees being a couple of them, which I know I've heard those of that come from. I, I knew Maccabees was part of the Catholic Bible. And right. I, was, I thought they were probably the New Testament, but I didn't realize that they were placed before the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah, that's interesting. And again, apologies if I'm saying those four guys out of order. Sure. I'm not at that part of the Bible yet. And <laughs> right, and we've I don't know those never guys. actually read it before, so, yeah. you know, th- so, there we go. I mean, you should just be glad I know them at all. <laughs> so, um, now I'm going to read from the dust jacket, just to give you guys, like, a, a nice broad summary of what this book is. Yeah. Okay? Okay. For most of the last 2,000 years, the Bible has been the most popular history book in Western civilization, and yet its meaning is obscured by an overwhelming number of mysterious passages. Armed with scientific expertise and qualified speculations, Dr. Asimov attempts to illuminate events of the Old and New Testaments by letting us in on the actual historical, geographical, and biological aspects of those first 4,000 years of human civilization. 
Originally published in two volumes, this book brings an important fund of knowledge to any reader of the Bible, yet it also makes absorbing reading for anyone with an interest in history. Hmm. And because it is completely indexed and cross-referenced, which my God, oh my God it sure there's is. There's so many maps and stuff in there. Uh-huh. Like, I was blown away. I'm like, this is so cool. It's amazing. It will prove a valuable encyclopedia of biblical knowledge, which we're counting on. Yeah. Asimov's Guide to the Bible shows Dr. Asimov at his professional and informal best. He adheres to no rigid rules and digresses where he feels digression will be useful. This volume is as provocative and entertaining as it is informative and compromises a significant contribution to the studies of the greatest... Comprises. What? You said compromises. Oh, shit. Sorry. (laughs) Comprises a significant contribution to the studies of the greatest bestseller of all time, the Bible. (laughs) Sorry. I had to correct you on that one because compromising compriser. Totally different. Totally different meaning. Yeah, apologies. So, yeah. Yeah, I really muffed that. Well, at Mm -hmm. least you guys know that we're, like, reading this right right live. (laughs) Yep. So, as of this date... Which is, you know, this day today. Yeah. today. Right. Um, Asimov's Guide to the Bible has a 4.18 rating in Goodreads. Oh, in the, wow. Yeah. Which, you know, that's out of five stars. Yeah, that's crazy. 4.18. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I would have get. I mean, okay, so that book, this book, right? Mm-hmm. The people that pick it up, it's an intentional read, yeah. right? Like, it's not yeah. something you just, like, flippantly buy. Yeah. That... You're you're intentionally picking up, and especially if you've bought it since the since Goodreads was a thing. Yeah, you definitely intentionally bought that fucking book, and then book. took the time to fucking review it on right. Goodreads. And you bought it specifically because you already loved Asimov. Yeah, and you're interested in the Bible, and you're probably an atheist or humanist, or at least questioning your religion, or at least like super like, into science. So and I don't know that I give that rating like a hundred percent accuracy because if it came if it came out as a new book today. Right. I bet it would be trashed right off the bat because Christianity. By a bunch of right wing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then you know it might settle into a better rating. But sure. still, sure. Like I just that's that's a questionable rating. I'm not saying it's not a great book, but the rating is questionable. Well, I wasn't expecting you to take that side, but I <laughs> am very excited about this book. I am too. I am too. I mean, I just flipping through it is it's uh, it looks really really cool. So I thought we would go ahead and crack it open a little bit. Okay. And just talk about the introduction. Okay. okay? Yeah. It's only like four pages. So if you guys like still want to go pick up your copy, I'm not like moving ahead of you too far. Just out of curiosity, are we starting this on this weekend or are we going to do it the weekend after to give them some time to get the book? I was thinking about this weekend, but what do you think? Should we wait? I think we should wait, honestly. Okay. I think we okay. should give them an extra week if they do want to take part and actually follow along. Okay. I think maybe not do the next episode this weekend since we're already kind of midweek here. Sure. And let's do it the week after so that way it gives okay. anybody that's really interested a chance to get the book and get okay. it in for that time frame. Yeah, so. that sounds fine. Okay. Yeah. Actually, that gives me a chance to read a little bit more <laughs> ahead because we all know that I'm like a last minute cram kind right. of guy. Right, yeah. So, um, like I said, the introduction is only, like, four pages, maybe. Okay. Um, And in it, the majority of, like, the first two and a half pages, um, Asimov is bemoaning the fact that people know shit from the Bible more often than they know actual history or... um, Oh, yeah, I bet. Geography. Right. Yeah. And so he is coming at this from... A layperson's understanding of stories that you've probably heard of in the Bible or yeah. areas that you probably have heard of from the Bible. Right. 
but not knowing history or right. geography. No, that's which great. I actually really appreciate because I don't know a lot of history and geography. Those were, uh, it's interesting because in school, those were my worst subjects and they were also the subjects I was least interested in. That's why, that was my, that was going to be my job if I wasn't doing what I do. I, would, right. I, was, I wanted to be a history teacher. Like, right. And now, oh my God. Like, and I would... see, yeah, once I hit my like late 20s, I started realizing, oh, this stuff is actually important. <laughs> and, you know, shame on all the teachers who didn't make it interesting and yeah, explain the Yeah, it doesn't have to be importance. boring. It does not have to be boring. History can right. be so fun. I mean, just look at the, the YouTube channel, the Drunk History and shit. Yeah, yeah. That is so fun. Like, right. I, I could watch that all goddamn day. It's true. I oh, could my too. God. I could, too. I mean, there's so many... Since since the in, invention of the internet, like, there's been so many different takes on how to teach and present history that are so much fun, and it's so different from the way that I learned history at the time. Now, I was lucky enough to still be interested in it, and I took it upon myself to learn myself, but most people are not... I mean, I, I've come to learn very much that most people don't like history. I don't it's boring think, to them. I don't think it's their fault. <laughs> you know? Right. No, well, like, I mean, your, your take on the average history teacher is like the boring... You know, history teacher. Yeah. So, I mean, or it, same as the normal science teacher, you know, or math teacher for that matter. Well, it's an easy course to just rely on the textbook, right? Like, mm -hmm. read this, we're going to take a test. Read this, we're going to take I a mean, test. I mean, that's the same with math and science. Right, it, right. If, if you don't make it interesting, it's not going to be interesting. Right. Unless you're the oddball like my husband here who <laughs> takes it upon himself. But this is how bad I was at history and geography. When um, I was a kid, we played a lot of board games, and Trivial Pursuit was, like, one of the games we played <laughs> most often. You avoided that one like the plague. It wasn't just that I avoided it. It was that if I drew a geography or history, yeah. the question automatically went to my sister. <laughs> and, you know, I would get the credit for it. But, like, yeah. there was no question of me answering it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, my family took it into account that I knew nothing. Right. But... On the same token, if it was science or, like, literature, yeah, her questions all came to me. <laughs> yeah. Not because I knew more than she did, per se, but because, like, I was really interested in those topics. Yeah. I well, wanted to know the answer. Who do our children come to if they have a history question? You. Like, without fail. Right. But so. if it's English or math, who do they come to? You. you. And then science, we kind so, of split English, the bill. I'm, I'm pretty decent with English, but you're much better. So, like, right. it's not that they couldn't ask me, just, you know... I, they mean, bow. I bow to your superiority. I was going to say, right? like, come on, with no, commas no. and apostrophes. I'm saying, like, math, yeah, I suck. But, like, English, I'm all right. But with commas and apostrophes, oh, totally. you have to text me all the time to yeah. ask me what apostrophe goes where. No. And I'm always like, it's I, not a possessive. Why are you putting that there? <laughs> My God. Okay. But I'm a good writer. You are a good writer. Yeah, You're okay. a decent writer. As long as I, I got a, as long as I got a good editor, that's why I married you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> I thought it was because I was so excited about your favorite hero Vonnegut. Oh, yeah. And you were like, oh, I got to marry this That's probably girl. it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, where was I? Um, yeah, he's trying to reach people who don't know a lot about the world. Right. Okay? Yep. Um, and he sums this up in the third paragraph of the first page of the introduction. And that I'm going to read what it says. Okay. Most people who read the Bible do so in order to get the benefit of its ethical and spiritual teachings. But the Bible has a secular side too. It is a history book covering the 
first 4,000 years of human civilization. Yeah, I've heard that mentioned quite a lot since we, you know, like there's a lot of people that actually utilize the Bible as a historical reference for things. Right. So, like, not in some that, regards, not, not Yeah, overall. not that it gets everything right, but right. it does at least give you a sense of what people were thinking at certain culture, times. Culture, culture. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then um, he actually goes further to break down those 4,000 years, and I, I thought this was interesting. Um, so I'm going to read this a little bit, too. Okay. The period from the beginning of the earliest civilizations, say 4,000 B.C. to 400 A.D., mm-hmm. can be lumped together as, quote, the biblical period. Of this period, 4,000 B.C., oh, wait, of this, the period 4,000 B.C. to 400 A.D. B- B.C., or, we're still oh, in B.C., Okay. so 4,000 to 400 is the Old Testament period. Okay. Okay. Yep. And from 400 BC to 4 BC is the intertestamental period, and then the AD section past that is right. all the New Testament period. Got it. Okay. Okay. He breaks it down further after that. Sure. But um, I'm not going to get into all that because that's getting like real nitty gritty. Right. Sure. But I do think that we will probably start referencing that not just in this book that we're reading, right. but probably as we go through um, the the podcast. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, because a lot of it, um, after a certain point, it... It tells what people were in charge at the time. Sure. And that's just going to help cement um, the history in my mind better. Well, it was just recently we had to kind of do a switch of our minds to find out that we were we were in the Bronze Age and then we moved into the Iron Age. Exactly. You know? like, exactly. That was just it was an overriding theme. Like oh, like, like oh, we're in the we're we're, we're in the, in Iron, the Iron Age, Age now. now. Okay. Yeah, and. Like, I didn't even know anything about the Bronze Age or the Iron Age, like, when those were. So, I am actually learning history by reading the fucking Bible. (laughs) Can you even believe that? (laughs) So, that's pretty much it for what I wanted to cover about the book. Um, Whenever we do start this, now that you've had the introduction, so get the book, read the introduction. Right. And then, um, what I would like to do is um, read pages 15 to 32 Okay. And because it doesn't start on like page one. Yeah, yeah, I got you. So read the intro and then read all the way up to page 32. And the topics that will be covered in there are Genesis, God, the seventh day, the Lord God, man, Eden, the Euphrates River, the serpent, and Eve. No big deal. Just God, man, and, you know, the whole well, beginning. Um, in flipping <laughs> through, I see that whereas he does go in order yeah. through the Bible, yeah. he breaks them down by character and place. Right. So it, it's kind of like a kid's Bible version in a way. That's cool. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm just really excited. So those are the topics that will be covered. And then I just have one more quote. So that, real quick, just to reiterate. Yeah. Pages 15 through 32, if you guys are getting the Bible or the book, those are the ones we're going to be reading for not this coming Sunday, but the mm-hmm. Sunday following. So um, I would just say up to page 32. Okay. It's not yeah, even yeah. 15 through 32. 15 sure. is where it picks up after the intro. Right. Okay. So read up through page 32. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yep. Um, and then, like I said, one final quote that I just, I love this. It, it's so Asimov and it's so us. Yeah. I had to include this final quote. Okay. Properly read, 
the Bible is the most potent force for atheism ever created. Yeah, that one gets tossed around a lot. I fucking lot. love it. I've never read that quote, but <laughs> like, how many times have me and you actually said that? Oh, yeah. No, I mean... It, but I didn't know that, that somebody else had already coined that, like, Well, it's so obvious, ago. like, you know, you can't... It's just the hypocrisy is right there on the surface. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, between the, the parishioners, the people that go to church, the, you know... Um, and, and the Bible itself, even before I started reading it, I knew there was contradictions in it. I knew that there was things that were wrong. I knew that the ideas in there were incorrect and didn't fit with the society that we are in today. Right. So, I mean, the idea that those are, that, yeah, that reading the Bible is going to make you an atheist, sure. I mean, I don't, I never believe that these people read the Bible. I believe that they read five quotes that they can quote anytime they want to to make themselves seem like they've read the Bible. Right. That's what I think. Right. That's what I believe. I believe they don't actually read the fucking Bible. They can't, possibly. Right. No, they can't. I mean, since we started reading it, I've, it's it's made the whole thing like seem that much more dumb than I thought before. Right. So, I mean, right. it, it's taken my dislike of religion at, on the onset of this and, and just multiplied it. It set fire to it. Right. Yeah, and and we can go into my dislike of religion another time, but it, it's based on what it has caused in society, and mm-hmm. and and what it is still causing in society. So yeah, but that's uh, that's for another day. Yeah, and uh, for now, just get that book and read up to page thirty-two, or just listen in. Yep. Either way works for us. I'll give you my two cent summary. Yeah, but the maps in the book are so fucking cool. Yeah, they so, really like, are. I do highly recommend getting it. I I do as well. Um, just for those alone. Right. All right. Well, it was great uh, doing the special episode today. Let's uh, get on out of here, and we'll see you guys. Do we know what we're doing tomorrow? Um, are we doing a Patreon thing, or I think we are. I don't. We're doing something tomorrow. Doing we don't really fucking tomorrow. know yet. You guys, we're doing something. Yeah. So we'll see you guys tomorrow, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. And then we're gonna we're gonna go now. Bye. Wife. Do you know what we're doing today? Uh, we are discussing um, Samuel, why there's two books of Samuel, I believe. Very good. Yeah. I mean, we just talked about it, so yeah. it's not like a stellar move on my part to know that. But but it was like 10 minutes ago. It was, so I mean, I guess it is somewhat of a feat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought um, that we would look into that since we are between the two books of Samuel. Yeah, it's been one of our biggest questions since Samuel died, for sure. We're like, wait, what? Yeah. Two books. That don't make no sense. No, no. Um, so that's what we're going over today. But before we get into that, I do have some things I want to co- go over. Just a quick thing. a We have completely revamped our website. Mm-hmm. And um, I would love for everybody listening to go over and check it out, sacrilegiousdiscourse.com. Um, there is a link there that uh, we could really use your help on. And it says rate us or rate the show or something like that. Anyway, rate something. Yeah. So go there, click on that link, and you can leave a rating on our website. You It also has links to rate us on um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And obviously those help us out tremendously. But any rating, we love it. You know, just hearing some feedback from you guys is amazing and uh, love to hear from you guys. So um, if you would hop over there, at least check out the site, see what's up, and then possibly, possibly leave us a rating. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, did you want to go over, I think you had something you wanted to go over as well, right? Um, yeah, I wanted to just reiterate that, um, our sacrilegious book club is going to be taking place on Sunday, July 3rd. 
and we'll be covering Asimov's Guide to the Bible. And so if you are doing a read-along, um, at that point, we will be covering up through page 32. Yeah, and if for some reason you missed it, I don't know how you would have, but yesterday we actually did the intro to that, so mm -hmm. hop on back after you're done with this podcast and listen to that one. Sure, so. sure. All right, that being said, let's go ahead and find out why there's two fucking Samuels. <laughs> All right. Hey, so why are there two fucking books of Samuel? Yeah, that's some bullshit. He's dead already. He's dead. So this may surprise you or may not. I mean, it's the Bible, so nothing really surprises me anymore. But They used to be originally one book. Okay, yeah. And, I, I can see that. And in most Jewish Bibles, they still are. Oh, interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the first Greek translation, uh -huh. which is called the Septuagint... Okay. And that's what we read from. Um, it's kind of another word for Old Testament. Okay. Uh, not another word for, but it's sure. interchangeable terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, produce, was produced around the 2nd century B.C., and they divided it into two at that point. Oh, interesting. And that, from there, was adopted in by the uh, Latin translations used in the early Christian Church of the West. Okay. And we're finally introduced into Jewish Bibles around the early 16th century. So it is in Jewish Bibles, but also the old way, too. Most Jewish Bibles are still reflecting one book. Okay. But there are some that show Samuel's two. as two books. Got it. Okay. Um, and that will... I'll, I'll get into this in a minute, but depending on whether it's one book or two, also um, changes what it is titled, huh. what it's called. Okay. So, in Bibles dating from before 1516, uh -huh. the books of Samuel would be known as Kings and Second Kings, respectively. Don't those still exist? Don't those exist, right? That's right? like what comes after Samuel. Yeah. Those, what are now known as First Kings and Second Kings, yeah. would be Third Kings and Fourth Kings. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Right? Okay. And, and that makes and sense. That does make sense, yeah, because this feels like the beginning of... This, that. It doesn't just feel like it. It is. It is right. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like that's that's the whole point is that this is the beginning of Kings. Sure. So why are we glorifying Samuel then? Right. Well, like, there's there's an easy answer and then there's a longer answer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, the easy answer is that Samuel was instrumental in the selection of the first two kings. Okay. And he was the very last of the leader, the the religious leader, the theocratic leader. Of the tribes of Israel. Changing of the guard, so to speak. Not just the changing of the guard, yes, but also the changing of the way. Like, the 12 tribes were in great disarray right. by the time this change happened. Sure. And they were, they they used to come together in various celebrations and reiterate all their rules, but by the time Saul came around, or I'm sorry, not Saul, Samuel came around, uh -huh. um... They weren't really doing that so much anymore. Got it. And yeah. so not only were they struggling from within with each other, they were also being badly beaten by all of the Canaanites and Philistines, all the different groups of sure. people yeah. whose land they had I mean, taken. partly it's their own damn fault. Sure, they fucking sure. took over this land, but and, and never did take it over correctly. Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, they brought it on themselves. But Samuel was the the last of that lifestyle, that 
it was the end, not just the changing of the guard. It was the end of a very, very monumental way that they were living. Got it. And hereafter, they were no longer tribes of Israel so much. You okay. Know? They were they were now led by a king, and so it's Israel after this, basically. There's sort still of. there's still the tribes, but their their whole leadership changes and their practices change. Um, they it the title reflects more how they are living. So they'd already been living this way for a long time, right? And so the title was just like the final nail in the coffin. Okay. To, right. to go to the kingship. Got it. So that's the easy answer. The short answer is that because Samuel represented the end okay. of the 12 tribes of Israel Got as it. we knew them. Sure, sure. Okay. Here's the longer answer. Okay. Okay. So according to Jewish trans- tradition, blah, 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 tra- tradition, translation, tradition, 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 um, the book was written by Samuel. Uh huh. So, I mean. Oh, wow. That didn't really come up. Yeah. At least not what I was able no. to discern. So Right. Now, that's according to tradition that that is, you know, what they say it was right. written, which would make you say, oh, okay, that makes sense that the books of Samuel, he wrote them. So, of course, he would. Except that, that he died. It, right. So, um, but, that leaves a gaping hole in the he wrote it thing. Right. Um, now, we will get into the names Gad and Nathan. The, they are prophets who come in later books that we'll be reading. Okay. Um, I believe the book of Books of Kings, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe Chronicles. I could be wrong. Okay. Um, but those, those are the next two sets of books that we'll be reading. Kings and Chronicles, two yeah. of each. Um, they, these prophets were, are believed to have come in and with Samuel, those three are the actual authors of... Oh, okay. Uh, Traditionally speaking. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is, yeah. Those three prophets, um, oh, it says right here in my notes, huh? they were in First Chronicles. Okay. So, uh, good for me, I'm guessing right. Yay. <laughs> um, during the account of David's reign. So, okay. Um, which Second Samuel is going to cover David's reign. Okay. I kind of figured that because we're kind of leading into that. I mean, like. But for what we know, he could die that, on so. page one, right? Yeah, like, we don't yeah. really know it, yeah. anything no, it, about it's it. It's true. So. I mean, there's been characters that I consider bigger characters that I thought were big characters in the Bible that died within a book. They just so fucking keeled like, over. Oh, shit. That fell was, off their stool. Like, <laughs> had a stroke. Well, no, I mean, it's like big names. Like, I'm yeah. just like, oh, that was the, that's it? That's all that person gets? Yeah, whatever happened to so-and-so, right, who fucking yeah. knows? So, um, yeah, those, those prophets are all believed traditionally to have, you know, helped each other in composing this. Okay. Um, in 1 Samuel... Or, yeah, in First Samuel, Samuel himself is treated as a prophet. He's also referred to as a seer right. and a judge. And he was Israel's principal figure immediately before the monarchy. Even okay. after Saul is made the king, he's still there. Very prominent, yeah. Yeah. And then in Second Samuel, David is presented as the king. Got so it. that's why these two books go hand in hand and were originally one story and are still, even though they're split into two books... You could still say it's one. Well, book. in one of the stories, you know, um, Samuel actually anointed David. So, right. like the other one was kind of iffy about that. Yeah. But yeah. like you know how they had two different versions of it, right? Yeah. Like the one he definitely anointed him as as the new king. Yeah. But and then in the other, it was by God. Right. 
So, and we're going to get into a little bit of that in a second, too. Yeah. So, some scholars assume that the books of Samuel were composed from two or three continuous sources. So, um, you know, different stories that they collected that were, like, continuing stories. Okay. Um, but more often now, it's believed that they are a compilation of independent narratives. Of that feels more length. true. Yeah. That feels much more true. Much more true. And and that's the leaning theory at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, it's just too broken. I mean, like, there's too many broken things in there that don't make sense next to each right. other that I'm like, well, this just doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. even fucking work. It doesn't even try to work. Right. Um, the Deuteronomistic editors yeah. or writers, however you want to refer to them. Sure. And don't forget, we are still in that um, grouping of books. Okay. Like Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, not Ruth, and then Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles are, are not Chronicles, just Kings. Up through Kings is still part of that Deuteronomistic history. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So these are all now believed to have been put together by the same hand or group of hands. Or edited by the same hand, anyway. Yes. Not yes. necessarily written by them, but no. That and that's why I said put together. Right. Um, whatever writing they may have done, um, redactions, additions. Um, because I got news for you, you couldn't be, the same writer couldn't have written Samuel. No. There's no fucking way. No, not at all. Because it's it's two different fucking stories at least. Well, and there's a theory as to why they were kept in because both of them um, painted David in a great light. Right. Which later on... Um, in future books that we'll be reading, right. they will look back and talk about um, David as um, his, uh, what did they call it, dynastic history. Like, okay. he's the beginning of the quote-unquote Jesus story, which I know that we're not supposed to be talking about talking Jesus, about right Jesus because right. he's, like, not even a blink of an eye in, in these people, you right. know, like, yeah. but... But future books chronicle or look back on this, and David is is the beginning. Like God blessed him, and sure. and all of his progeny forward on. Right. And Dave, or yeah, David is believed to be an ancestor. Well, of even if we're just Christ. sticking in the Old Testament, the way you're describing it says that there's they want to make him look good, and mm-hmm. why leave out anything that makes him look good? Exactly. And they so can reference back why, to those things that make him look good. That's why all the stories were included. It's believed that's why all the stories were included, even sure. if they were clearly at odds with each other. Right. But Somebody back then might have even been like, well, look, we have two stories. I'm not sure which one's exactly correct, but they're both accounts of him being a good person. And Saul being a nutbag. Right. So, so either way, whichever one, whichever one you take... One of those is correct. They, yeah. it's, but everybody had the same idea. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, moreover, though, the battles that were involved, the destruction of the Canaanites, yeah. those were not supported by the archaeological record, which further goes to show that um, a lot of this was story and fable and sure. legend and not direct history. Was it Canaanites or Philistines? Canaanites. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of the battles described in the books of Samuel couldn't have taken place. Okay. Um, Moreover, um, a lot of the the words that are used, the phrases, like one of them was to this day and forever after. Right. Apparently are anachronistic. They did not speak that way. They didn't use terms like that. 
So it's clear, not in the time that Samuel was covering or that the editors would have. Right. So it's clear that these it's were. It's been reworked. Yeah. That yeah. these were not written as early as. Got it. They Got want it. it to be. Sure. So um, it's now widely believed that the Israelites themselves originated as a subgroup of Canaanites. Which, I mean, we thought we thought that way back yeah. when they were, you know, in Exodus. Exactly. So we talked exactly. about that ourselves. Is like, so it, some some of the stuff that we come across is like, you know, um, things that they've studied and and and, and decided upon as, as scholars. I'm like, well, it seemed pretty fucking obvious, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like we came to that, and we're just dum dums, right? And we came to that conclusion on our own, and we're like, I'm yeah, just, that tracks. Yeah, no, I mean, so you, we're just reading along, and like, yeah, that sounds like what that probably is. So yeah, exactly. I don't know, whatever. Um, okay, so and I already talked about the anachronisms and the phrases. Um, those could not have been compiled in the 11th century BCE, right? Just because of the way they talked yeah, and the way they said it things. Yeah, it just it wouldn't have happened. Sure. This is, to me, the, I'm wrapping up to an end here. Okay. The most interesting point of all of this. Four of the Dead Sea Scrolls feature parts of the books of Samuel. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So I cannot fucking wait to get into the Dead Sea Scrolls eventually. Huh. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. Uh-huh. Huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and I don't know a lot about the Dead Sea Scrolls. Like, we'll get into that. But apparently there's, like, different caves, at least four different caves that they right. were all found in. Yeah. And whatever quadrant in the caves they were found in is how they're identified. And I'm going to have to hmm. re- when we This is so off topic. But when we get to the Dead Sea Scrolls, I'm going to have to look up how the references are pronounced out loud. Right. Not right. because they're difficult to pronounce, but it's a matter of, like, if you see... First Samuel, you don't know to pronounce it First Samuel unless somebody has said it that way to sure. you already, which is why Trump said one Samuel. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a it's numbers and letters is how the ah. Dead Sea Scrolls are identified. Okay. Not um, in some kind of Hebrew or Aramaic or something like that. It, it's just code names like stars Got are it. given these, you know, weird. Letters and numbers, and you don't know how to sure. identify it, like how you're supposed to say it. Right, right. So I'm going to have to get into that, but I'm so excited about that. Yeah. Um, collectively, these books that were found in the dead, or yeah, in the, in the dead, caves, in the caves, the, yeah, dead, sea the dead Sea Scrolls, Scrolls, they are collectively known as the Samuel Scroll, and huh. they date from the second and first centuries BCE. Interesting. Right. Yeah. So we know from that that. You know that that dates these right, kind of right. that gives us some kind of reference. Well, but that also puts those scrolls around the same time that they were trying to redo mm-hmm. for based on what you were saying. Same time they were trying to redo what was in Samuel too. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like there was something going on with that whole portion of the Bible, Old mm-hmm. Testament at that right. point, point where they were trying to rework it. And so there was must have been a lot of people reworking. I, I don't know, but that that's interesting though. Yeah, yeah. So well it would have it shows at the very least that there was a lot of writing happening. Um, what happened later that you know, chose this book and tossed that one. Right. That came later. I thought that some of the Dead Sea Scrolls had to do with the New Testament too. Am I am I wrong about that or I think so, but I, I don't know that for certain. Okay. Um right. that that's 
beyond I, my I scope of curious. knowledge yeah, at yeah, this no, time. No, that, that's fine. I, I wasn't sure, and I just thought I'd ask the question. And I know. I'm every sure time, somebody will probably reach out to us and, and tell us. But uh, Every time the Dead Sea Scrolls come up, I'm like, I'm just biting, champing at the bit, I think is the term. Chomping. Like, chomping at the, bit. at the bit. I cannot wait till we get to those because they're just it's so exciting right just because of what they were when we were growing up because like, they represent i mean i swear to god i thought indiana jones was the one that discovered them when i was growing I'm up serious <laughs> it's true and just because of the cool factor you know i like, remember it was like, i remember thinking how cool it was and i remember how people around me were not anywhere near right. as wowed as i was right well i there's two there's two camps on that probably and one is that yeah, that's neat. You know, stuff in the desert, okay. If you're not really religious, History, or cold, or whatever. if you're religious, you might be like, oh shit, what's what's going, what's going to happen? Blasphemy. That's not true. Am I going to find out my religion's wrong? Or I don't, I know? don't think that's what religious people think. No, I think they automatically assume it's the devil's work, and it's either a fraud, right, or right. it's um, something that was planted, and the, it's the devil, and we. Well, and have I guess to that's why away. it's in my mind that there was some stuff from the New Testament in there because. I thought I recalled there being a whole section on Jesus that didn't paint him in exactly the same light that the Bible does. So I don't know if that's the I Dead Sea Scrolls. I, okay. I really don't. I do know that there are other books that do talk about Jesus right. um, that were discovered later um, okay. that do paint him as like he had siblings, he was married right, right. and had children of his own. Yeah. And that he had um, his wife or other women among his prophets sure. or disciples or whatever. Um, and and I'll be quite honest, I could be confusing a lot of this with fucking Dan Brown's book. <laughs> 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 because he talked about that a lot. But I want to say that Dan uh, Brown wrote his book around all of this stuff that had come out because it was loosely, so exciting. Loosely. Oh, very loosely. Yeah. 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 So uh, I'm just I'm just trying to be honest. Like I don't know any of this shit, and sure. what little I do have, I learned so young, and at a time when I wasn't really aware of a lot of history right. and, or religion. Yeah, or religion, and um, that book was quite the phenomenon. Sure. So sure. you know, just as much as Indiana Jones. Yep, for sure. So just wanted to put that out there. Yep. Cover my ass. So that uh, seems like that might be about it for what we've got today. That is it for what we've got today. I don't know what we're doing tomorrow yet. I don't either. Um, we're kind of playing this week like fly by the seat of our pants. So let's just leave it as a, uh, a roll the surprise. dice, and uh, you guys can have a nice surprise tomorrow. There might there's 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 definitely probably most likely going to be something tomorrow. <laughs> definitely probably maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because we want to wait until Monday to start the new book. That's yeah. what this is about. Yeah. It just makes the numbering easier, you sure. guys. Sure. So, hang with us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Husband. Wife. Let's do something different. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Let's do a, a you can't possibly be right and anything you say is wrong episode. Wait, but I'm always right. But no, because I'm going to ask you some questions and whatever you answer, you're wrong. That sounds dumb. Yeah. Oh, okay. Inconsistencies in the Bible. Oh, well, I like that better. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so let's, uh, we're just doing First Samuel um, inconsistencies or... Yes or no, it, I'm only including examples from um, everything through 1 Samuel. Okay. With, with an emphasis on 1 Samuel. 
Got it. Got so it. So I basically looked up inconsistencies that include First Samuel um, with the argument for or against whatever is said there being only in books that we have already read. Got it. Okay. That sounds fun. Okay. All right. Let's go find out what's wrong about the Bible. Everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so first I should caveat this with we are um, purely getting all of these answers and questions and facts and whatevers mm-hmm. um, from a King's, King James Bible version. Okay, all right. So there's going to be lots of fucking these and thous and <laughs> I'm going to be laughing because what the fuck. Right. It cause... was hard enough without that nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just I want to put that right out there that... Uh, that's the source I'm using. Okay. Okay. All right. Sure. So, okay. Let's start. Ready? I'm ready. You're wrong. I'm wrong about what? Who hardened the Pharaoh's heart? God had hardened the Pharaoh's heart, didn't he? You would think that because it specifically said so in Exodus chapter 7 verse 13. Yeah. And he hardened Pharaoh's heart that he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. Right. Right? But you're also wrong. Okay. I'm, I'm wrong. Because... Pharaoh hardened his own fucking heart. Wait, what? According to 1 Samuel chapter 6, verse 8. Well, fuck that, 1 Samuel. Lord God, the fake guy, did that shit. Wherefore then do ye harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? Oh. Like they admitted that um, it was their own fault for being assholes. I see. Yeah. See. yeah. Oopsie. That, that God didn't do it. Huh? Yeah. 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 Oopsie. Interesting. Okay. okay. Yeah. See, see how you're wrong. I see how I'm wrong. Yeah. Whatever, else, whatever what you guessed, you were going to be wrong. Okay. I see how this is going to work. Yeah. Yeah. You can't win. <laughs> this is the best game I've ever played against you. Because <laughs> you always win all the games. Yeah. Okay. Does God ever repent? I I would say no. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'll let you have. The first one, God does not repent, as you said, right? You okay. said, no, he never repents. Sure, right? yeah. So, like, for example, in Numbers, chapter 23, verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of a man that, neither the son of a man that he should repent. Okay. So, there's one. And in First Samuel, chapter 15, verse 29, yeah. the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So, he, he don't. Would, he don't repent. You would think that that is correct, but okay. like I said, I'm wrong. You're wrong. Okay. God repents. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. In Genesis, uh oh, chapter six, verse six. Yeah. Uh, six six. <laughs> um, and it repented the Lord that He had made man on the earth, and it grieved Him at His heart. Oh man. And then again in Exodus. Yeah. Chapter thirty-two. Um. I kind of cut some of these short, so I don't know if it's verse 11, 12, 13, 14, somewhere around there. (laughs) Okay. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Oh, man. Because, you know, he was like, I'm, it was when he was like arguing with Moses, like, I'm going to kill these motherfuckers. And Moses was like, no. Right, right. And so the Lord repented. Interesting how how God's not always correct in the Bible. And then in 1 Samuel. Yeah. I know. know. 1 Samuel chapter 15 Verse 11, and then again 35. Uh-huh. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Oh, wait, no, that's Exodus 32. <laughs> I, I just reread the same thing. Oh, okay. I'm so yeah, sorry. I have right. a headache. 
I have a tired, so. I know, you you do have a tired. Whoa, Google was trying to talk at us. That's dumb. Fuck you, Google. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Okay, sorry. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 11, and then again 35. And the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. Oh, man. I mean, I see why, but. Yeah. Wow. So, So, you're wrong. Right, I'm wrong. Okay. Is God merciful? I mean, honestly, based on what I've seen, fuck no. Right. But I think we're supposed to think fuck yes. But you're wrong. Which one? Both. Oh, shit. You're wrong. Okay, I'm wrong. So which one do you want to go with? I'm going to go with he's um, he's not merciful. He's not merciful, but he also is. Okay, but God is a cruel, unmerciful, and evil being. Okay, ready? Yeah. So I've got three examples okay. from Numbers, Deuteronomy, and First Samuel. Okay. I'm not giving verses anymore because I keep fucking that up. So sure, yeah. If, you know, if you really need to know, you guys, I have it printed out. So just hit me up and, yeah, and I'll send us an email or something. I'll let you know what, what verse it was, but I, mean, I just I keep saying it wrong. So yeah. So fuck it. Right. Okay? So from Numbers chapter 25. And the Lord said to Moses, take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. Damn. you got to kill some motherfuckers and hang them. Yeah, that is not merciful. For me to stop being mad at you. That is not no. merciful. Okay, so from Deuteronomy chapter 7, mm-hmm. and thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Thine eyes shall have no pity upon them. That is not that merciful is not either. Merciful. That is not merciful. Right. Okay, and then from 1 Samuel chapter 15. Yeah. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling. What a dick. Yeah, that is not merciful. Yeah, not merciful. But you know what? What? You're wrong. Fuck. Because guess what? He's merciful too. God is kind, merciful, and good. You know, it sounds like there's an excuse. Like he can... Sounds like he can be whatever the fuck you want you want him to be because he's all the things. It sounds like cherry picking was made so fucking <laughs> easy because you can you can find anything right, yeah. to go your way. I'm just saying. And okay, please understand that there were so many more examples. Yeah. First I, I culled them down to only examples from the books that we have read. Right. Okay? Further from there, I cut out any examples that were either stupid or repetitive or or that I didn't quite agree that that was a good example. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there are many, many more. Okay? So, um, we are going with God is kind, merciful, and good now. Okay? An example from Exodus chapter 34. Uh-huh. The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Mm, but I don't believe him based on the other things now. And then in Deuteronomy yeah. chapter 4. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. The bullshit end, right just because they say he is does not make his actions show otherwise it's kind of like when somebody walks up to you and they say as they're stabbing you i'm being totally fair <laughs> right like right. you're not the judge of if you're being fair or not right yeah. the person that's receiving the action gets to judge the action yeah and you know that kind of goes along with racism you don't just get to say i'm not racist if somebody is telling you that you are you have to stop and examine it. Right, right. So, shut up, God. Yeah. So, yeah. you're wrong. Okay? I'm wrong. Okay. How many gods are there? Oh, uh, wow. Um, 4,000. <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> or, or none. None. That's okay. the right answer. Well, I mean, okay. 
you're right. I'm having fun you're with not this one. wrong with right, that yeah, one. No, yeah, no, I'm right. So here's your choices, though, and you have it's multiple choice. You have to pick one. Okay, I'm gonna pick one. One god or several gods? Uh, I'm gonna go with several gods. Okay, but you're wrong. But we'll go with your answer first. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. There are several gods, and I've got several examples here. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Um, from Exodus chapter 12, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. All, all the, the gods. gods. Yeah. yeah. Okay, from Exodus chapter 18, now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods. All gods. All gods. Yeah, not he just, beats them all. Yeah. Okay, from Numbers chapter 33, yeah. upon their gods also the Lord executed judgments. Mm, so, yeah, so the he gods, even he got judgment. mad at the other gods right, yeah. and judged them. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, from Deuteronomy chapter 5. It's a lot of gods. I know. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Because there's other gods. There are other gods. Yeah, right. We don't deny it in okay. the early parts of the Bible. I got it. Okay. There's a lot of evidence for the gods. Yeah, yeah. Just saying. In Joshua chapter 24. Yeah. Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. Ah. Mm. They did. They did. They did do that. They that, did they, do that. Those things happened. Okay. And here's two examples from 1 Samuel. Okay. Chapter 6. Yeah. Ye shall give glory unto the God of Israel. Per adventure, he will lighten his hand from off of you and from off your gods. Mm. You know, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. The multiple. Yeah. And from chapter 28, And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, This is the witch of Endor. Yeah. I saw gods ascending out of the earth. Boom. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. We just read that. Right. So, Okay, so there are several gods, right? It sounds that way. You're wrong. Shit. Okay, there's only one god. Okay. Okay, this is like repeated multiple times in various places, so I only picked one because yeah. I'm an asshole like that. Okay. And this is my game, and I'm winning. Yeah. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 4. The Lord, he is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath. There is none else. I see. But you know what? All the examples that I saw... Don't really specifically say there's only one God, there's none others. Right. It says there are other gods, but this is the one you need to pick. Got it. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Even later on when it's like the Lord is great. Yeah. And the Lord is um, greater than all other gods. And you, you know what there's I mean? There's still other gods implied. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like there is no one specific place. Not... With with minimal research, okay? Sure. Let me put that sure. out there. Right. But it, it it's not hard or it's not easy to find anything that says, period, the end, there's only one God. It's not called sacrilegious discourse Harvard for a reason. <laughs> I mean, shit. True, 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 true. <laughs> okay, so I'm still winning, though. Okay, okay, you're still winning. Are we punished for the sins of others? Uh, Yes. Okay, okay. That's a good argument. I mean, lots of people fucking died for sins of others. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's let's see what we have to see to do here. Okay? I think I'm gonna have to call bullshit if you tell me I'm wrong here because flood. I'm, I'm not and there other yet. various I'm not things there yet. that happened. I'm, I'm giving you your case first. Okay. All right. Okay? Yeah. God does punish things according to the Bible. Um, he's so proud of it. He repeated it yeah. four times just in the earliest chapters. Right. Okay. Yeah. So in. Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5, both of those read the same. I am the Lord thy God, I the Lord thy God am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay? So yeah, sounds like you're right so far. Yep. Okay? 
in Exodus chapter 34, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon... Oh, see, it repeats it again. Yeah, it's like the same yeah. fucking thing. And then in Numbers chapter 14, it says it again. Okay. And then in First Samuel chapter 3, it does say something a little different. Okay. okay, yeah. I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. I will judge his house forever, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. So... So all generations following... Okay. All, all these Because it says people, his house, so like, yeah. Yeah, that's what they mean. Right. Except that he killed them all, so... Right, you know. so that ends that line right <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, but, but still. Yeah. Okay. So it it sounds to me like you're right, but you know what? I'm wrong. You're wrong. Shit. Okay? Because no, God doesn't punish people for the actions of others. Okay. In Deuteronomy chapter 24, it says, The father shall not put, be put to death for the children, neither shall the children be put to death for the fathers. Hmm. Every man shall be put to death for his own sin. Oh, okay. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, you're wrong. I was wrong. You're wrong. Interesting. See how see how this game works? Uh, yeah, it I'm always wrong. Yeah, I love or, this game. Or otherwise, we could call it I'm always right. Absolutely not. I'm just saying, if we wanted to go the other way with it, we could. No, that I, doesn't let me win, and I'm the one making the rules. This is my game. What if I want to win, though? You don't get to on this one. What if I just say I win? It doesn't matter what you say. I'm the one that's leading the But the Bible the game. gets to say it just wins. Oh, we're using the Bible as a legitimate source of rules now? I didn't say it was legitimate. Um, if it's not legitimate, then you don't get to say that the Bible says. Oh, okay. okay? All right. So, therefore, I'm the one running the game. I get to choose. Okay, fine. Okay? You're always wrong. I'm always wrong. Okay? Yep. Last question. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Did Saul and Samuel kill all the Amalekites? No. Right. No. Right? You would think that that's the answer. Right. Like, um... But I'm going to go through this. I have to do this one in order. I can't take your case first because it's kind of funny the way it's put together. Okay. Okay? Sure. So first of all, oh yeah, totally, he totally killed them already. Mm-hmm. In First Samuel chapter 15, and Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to Shur, that is over against Europe. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword, dot, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So they all died. They all died. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So yes. Okay. But no, because then David killed them all a few years later. Okay, <laughs> First Samuel chapter twenty-seven. So these are all from First Samuel, by the way. Yeah. Okay. In this particular so that, question, so it's con- contradicting itself in, in the same book, the same book of the Bible. Nice. Yes. That's yes. that's that's a feat. That's the best. Yeah. Yeah. So First Samuel chapter twenty-seven, and David and his men went up and invaded the Geshurites and the Gezrites and the Amalekites. Oh. For those nations were of old the inhabitants of the land as thou goest to Shur, even unto the land of Egypt. And David smote the land and left neither man nor woman alive and took away the sheep and the oxen and the asses and the camels and the apparel and returned and came to Achish. So the Amalekites were already dead, but then he killed them again, all all dead. He killed them dead. And then, then, guess what? then Then David killed them all again. Some more. Yeah, some more. Some more. Ready? Okay, yeah. In First Samuel chapter 30. Oh. And it came to pass, when David and his men were coming to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south. Oh, my God. And Ziklag, and smitten Ziklag, and burned it with fire. 
And David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men who those, rode away upon camels. The Malachites, they, they, they came back pretty well for being smote two, two yeah. times already. Well, I mean, did now you hear then. in this last final one where he killed them, a, where they were all killed a third time? Yeah. Um, 400 of them escaped on camels. Yeah, right. So. After they've all been killed twice completely. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Those Malachites are really resourceful. I mean, I, I want to be an Amalekite. Maybe they should be um, celebrated for coming back from dead, the dead. They should. You know? Like, maybe, maybe we should worship the Amalekites. One of the questions that I really, really wanted to get to yeah. was, was Jesus the first guy to be resurrected in the Bible? Ah. I really wanted to do that one, but I couldn't because a lot of the, um, the sources to the answers were from books we haven't read yet. Got it. But, but the Amalekites were resurrected twice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not a resurrection. That's just a misrecording and a miswording. Mm, okay. But um, the Witch of Endor yeah. is listed as one of the first to resurrect somebody oh, because, because, of oh. because of Samuel. Yep. Interesting. So Jesus wasn't first. Interesting, interesting. Yep. Yep. Well, they didn't. it's the Old Testament. They didn't give a shit about Jesus because Jesus didn't exist yet. Right. So they weren't you know, writing this based on Jesus. No, I know. So I know that. It's just that then Jesus came around and they're like, this is the first guy ever. And right. Like, but actually, and the witch no, of Endor was like, hold my beer, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. So that were um, the questions I was able to come up with. And I think we should do this at the end of every book. Oh, I agree. And this is fun. I enjoy losing. Yeah. <laughs> do you? <laughs> do you enjoy being always wrong? In this case, yes. I mean, I feel like we should come up with a theme song. But 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 you're your, what's wrong. Your, what's your thing with theme songs here lately? I don't know. Like we're making. Do I need bits. to get you like a little Casio piano? Fuck yeah, you do. Okay. I mean, yeah. is that even a question? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do with this podcast. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, if somebody asks you if you need a Casio, <laughs> you say yes. <laughs> All right. Well, was that all the the wrongness that I had to, to endure today? For tonight. All right. Well, um, I think tomorrow is going to be our Patreon episode. Yes. So, um, I mean, it's going to be an episode where you should, you know, go and listen to it and then be so distraught that you need to go and, and, and subscribe to our Patreon page. Yeah. So, that's what I meant. Yeah. You don't, don't, never mind. I'm, it's, I'm tired. What? I need to get out of here. So. Okay, yeah. But yeah, shut Patreon up. tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to shut up now. Stop talking. All oh right. My God. Uh, we'll, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Husband. Wife. Let's talk about SCOTUS. Oh, fuck SCOTUS. Fuck SCOTUS all the way to Mars and back. Seriously. Yeah, they're fucking assholes. Supreme Court of the U.S. is a bunch of dipshit motherfuckers. Yeah. I completely concur and have said as much multiple times on our Twitter account <laughs> in the last day. I love all the hashtags you've come up oh with. Oh my god, I'm so fucking pissed at everything right now. It's just ridiculous. On fire. Yeah. No. The world, not us. Well, I, you know, the, the downside, not the downside, the, the shitty part of this is that, you know, when you think about it, and the, the young people that they put into SCOTUS, younger than normal. Mm-hmm. We're, I mean, we're set to die before this changes. You yeah. You know, like, I mean, we're the, this is the rest of our fucking lives if we don't do something. Yep. 
It's fucking crazy. So let's talk about it. All right. Um, just for the rest of you out here, this is a uh, Patreon-only episode. So uh, we're womp, womp. going to be signing off unless you want to head over and, and subscribe at our Patreon site, which is patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. And you can subscribe for as little as $2 a month, which is less than $0.07 cents a day. Well, I think you should do it, man. I do, too. Yeah. So, so go do that, and we're going to go read the rest of this shit right now. Okay, bye. All right. Oh, no! What happened? Well, this is a special Patreon episode, actually. <gasps> which so- means that they need to go to Patreon and subscribe as a patron in order to listen to it. <gasps> okay, well, I guess that we are going to go do that now. Yeah, just head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Become a member for as low as $2 a month, and you'll have access to all these special things and, and goodies, too. So, you know, go do that. So, this was just a teaser. Yeah. Teaser. Okay, just Bye. checking. Okay. Bye. 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 Hey, wife, I guess that's the end? But, husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh, my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Oh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.